Listen, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Go with me to verse 42. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. While you're finding it, repeat after me. Say, Father God, I'm here today seeking a word from you. So open my ears that I can hear. Touch my heart so that I will feel. And renew in me a right mind so that I will do. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. I want to read it for you. It simply reads this way. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to breaking bread, and to prayer. Just want to read it one more time. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to breaking of bread and to prayer. You may be seated in this place on today. Listen, I want to tell you, and I'm going to make this disclaimer right now. I think our children are being dismissed. The Children's Church, feel free. I'm sorry. I was glad y'all was in here because y'all need to see people worship. We children see us do every other thing in this world. They see us argue. They see us cuss. They see us do everything we ain't supposed to do. But let's let them see us worship. And so I am grateful for that. While they are dismissing, I have to just lay a disclaimer out and make sure that you understand this right now. If you're looking for a message that's going to make you shout today, you're probably gonna, you're not going to get it. This ain't it. Sorry. I'm putting a disclaimer out so you cannot get on Facebook and say that preacher was whack. I told you this ain't going to be your hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This is not it. Today is going to hurt. I know it's going to hurt you because it's hurt me. Right. I, I want to be honest. It's going to make you self-evaluate. It's going to make you examine who you are, where you are, and why you are. Whether you're here or you're somewhere else. I, I just have to be honest with you today. It's going to make you look at yourself. And it's not just going to make you look at yourself because of the text. Even the people in the text that we're talking about today took a minute to look at themselves. If you joined us on last week, which was Easter Sunday, I'm grateful for the fact that you came and spent time with us. But we started a series entitled The Journey. And on last week, we talked about the journey to believe. I'm not going to spend time giving you history on everything that we talked about as it relates to the journey to believe. It's on our app. If you want to download the app, you can go to YouTube, wherever it is, and find that message. But in, in a summarization, what we learned on last week is that you will always have the opportunity to receive the word, which will challenge you to do the word, which will lead you to encountering the word, which should drive you to sharing the word. If you don't know anything else about last week, it was all about the word. We receive it. We do it. If we do it, we encounter. If we encounter, we should be willing to share the word. As it relates to believing, that is what we need to understand. Our belief is rooted in the word of God. But today is going to be a different journey. Today is not only dealing with what we talked about previously, the journey to believe. It's the next step of our assimilation process, which is the journey to belong. And if we can be honest, every human being wants to belong. 
There's not one human being in this world that does not want to belong. Some of us want to belong in a relationship with a companion. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It's part of our nature. It's part of our culture to want to belong. Some of us want to belong in a loving family. That is a beautiful thing. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Some of us want to belong on a successful job. Some of us want to just belong successful. It, it's, it's, there's so many different areas of our life where we spend so much time wanting to belong. The problem is that oftentimes while we're wanting to belong, we, I'm trying to find a nice way to say this, we dumb ourselves down to try to fit in. That, that, that's the reality of, of what happens with us oftentimes as believers. God has called us to be some amazing people, to go through some amazing things, to have some amazing testimonies. But oftentimes, because we want to belong, we will reduce the very essence of who God has said we are to be what people in different places want us to be. When oftentimes we have forgotten that God has called us to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. In essence, there is darkness in a room, but when light enters, that room is no longer dark. Can I help you understand when God tells you that you are the light of the world and the salt of the earth, y'all don't know what salt is until you had some nasty, bland food. I just want to help you understand something. Ain't nothing like greens with some seasoning all, fat back, and everything in it. You want to understand the power of being the the salt of the earth. Go to a soul food restaurant. Your life will be changed forever. You might have high blood pressure, but it's going to be okay. Your taste buds will testify that we need salt in our lives. I need you to understand when God says that you are the light of the world, the salt of the earth, he has put you in a place where you define that which ultimately is undefinable without you. I, I need to make sure that you realize that. You bring value where there is no value. You, you, some of us are trying to get into relationships so that we can find value, but you are the value. You need to understand that. Some of you need, I'm, I'm just going to bless some single person in this building and, and help you. you. It's better for you to be by yourself than with somebody that doesn't understand how much you work. Can I, can I help you understand? There are some married people that just because they got somebody in the bed with them every night don't mean nothing. They are miserable. They are depressed. I know they Facebook like, this my boo, seven years. Now, that's seven years of hell that they've been going through. This ain't even the message. So you got to be careful about what you're trying to belong to. Many of us fail to understand that our desire to belong can be the one thing that leads to our destruction. And can I suggest today that this not only takes place in your relationships, not only takes place on your jobs, not only takes place with, with friends and family, it takes place in the church. Many people, this is why we have guests, this is why we have visitors, people are looking for somewhere that they belong. People are looking for somewhere that they belong, that they can feel like they're a part of and they're, they're connected to. But the reality is I want to suggest and I want to educate you on today that as long as you belong to the kingdom of God, there should not be a church on the planet Earth that you can't fit in with. Now, I want to make sure that you understand what I'm saying. Some churches, just because they are a building, doesn't mean that they are true believers. I want to make sure that you understand some people bear the name of church. Some people bear the name of Christ. 
but they are not living like Christ. This, if this was not the case, then the Bible wouldn't tell us that some people are going to come before our Lord and Savior, and he's going to say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, for I knew you not. There are people that know God, but don't know God. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. See, y'all know Beyonce, but y'all don't know Beyonce. I want to make sure that you understand what I'm talking about. If you ain't from Fifth Ward, H-Town, and, and grew up at the school, wherever she come from, y'all don't know. I don't care how much you're part of the Beehive, you don't know Beyonce. It's, it's just that simple. I want to make sure that you understand. And, and I grew up in a neighborhood where some people always wanted to belong. They always wanted to belong. We had different neighborhoods, different cliques. We had the Crips on one side, the Bloods on the other side, and our street was called Red Cloud, but we were Crips, and so you didn't say Red. We just called it the Cloud. And, and, and in order to belong to the Cloud, you either had to live there or you was blessed to be jumped in there. I mean, I'll just be real. I'm, I've got part hood in me. It's part of my DNA. That's where I come from. God has delivered me, but I still remember where I come from. And, and so there would be people that wanted to belong to the cloud so bad, they would walk around saying they from the cloud. And the problem is that everybody on the cloud knew each other. And you can't just claim you from our neighborhood and you, you, nobody knows you. And so we would call those set triples. They were set triples. Y'all don't know nothing. They were set tripping. They didn't know nothing about this. They were falsifying information, if we need to put it in, in layman's term. They were falsifying their origins of where they came from. And, and so we would make sure to deal with them accordingly. And, and I, and I want to suggest today that there are some believers that may just need to be dealt with accordingly. There are some believers that's claiming they're part of Team Jesus that are not part of Team Jesus. And so today, it's going to hurt somebody's feelings. But the beautiful thing is that hurt feelings don't mean we don't love you. Everything's going to be okay. Hopefully, you come back here. If not here, find somewhere that you belong. It's totally fine. But this today is about the truth because what happens in Acts chapter 2 is amazing. It was almost as similar to probably even more amazing than what we just experienced with God in the presence. And we just feel an anointing of God. And it seems like everything is just releasing off of you. Uh, you got goosebumps and you just want to give God the praise, but you're worried about people. Look, it was things like that was going on. The Bible calls it the day of Pentecost. And this was happening after Jesus has already risen from the grave. He's already met with his disciples. He's already transcends. And Jesus has given his disciples the instructions on where to go because the day of Pentecost was coming and all the Jews were gathering together in Jerusalem because they were going to celebrate. They, their culture, this is what they do, and they were going to honor. And they were all in this one room, similar to what we are in. And they were in this one room. And the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit moved in that place like a mighty wind, like fire in there. And it was to the point where it baffled some people because there were a group of people, maybe on the left, and there were a group of people that didn't speak the language of everybody else in the building. And something unique happens because when God moved in that place, the Bible says that they were speaking in tongues, and, and, and what happens is that they speak in languages that they can understand on the right. Can you imagine ladies being in the nail shops that don't speak any Chinese or Korean, and you getting your nails done, and all of a sudden everything that then came out of their mouth makes sense to you? You would be baffled. What in the world is happening? Is these my ties they didn't gave me just a little bit too much? And that's little what happens in the text. In the text, they like, man, these people are drunk. 
What is happening with them that they want to go around and they talk in language that they don't even understand? Something is wrong with them. And, and, and they are sitting there not being able to identify a move of God, but supposed to be people of God. This ain't even a sermon, but I want to make sure you understand that some of us claim to be people of God, and God is steady doing things in and around and in our lives. And the problem is that because we are not the right people that don't really see God the way we're supposed to see God, then we can't see him. We don't see him moving. And so we, we make excuses for God not being in our lives. And matter of fact, when God does something, we don't even know how to define it. Y'all lucky. Mm-mm. You better preach. Hey, that was good. I can take that. I wanna, I'm going to put that in my next sermon. Thank you. Um, I want to make sure that y'all understand. We misdefine who God is and what God is doing sometimes. And that's what happened in this text. In a room full of supposed to be believers, God moved in such a way that people began to speak in tongues and the tongues were being able to understand and, and, and they were misguided. But that's his individual in the text that I fall in love with because I was hating him up until this point because he was unruly. He didn't know how to conduct himself. Anytime God said something, he always had something to say. And then he turns around and he denies the Savior three times. Y'all know this cat, Simon Peter. He does, he does his thing. He was a problem child. And God saying, oh, you, I'm going to build my church. God, what do you see in this dude that, that wants to deny you? How do you see this broken? That's another message right there. And y'all don't understand. Y'all think God can't do something with you just because of your past. But I'm going to tell you that God will make your future amazing because of what you've been through. God will use everything that you've done as an opportunity to put you up because I believe what's about to happen in Acts chapter 2 is because Simon Peter examined himself and he says Jesus told me I would deny him three times before the rooster crow and I actually did it and he gets an opportunity to stand up and be the voice of God again and he says I'm not going to let him down again. That's what I believe happens in Acts chapter 2 and Jesus literally I mean Simon Peter literally in the midst of everybody that's talking bad, that's putting people down, he stands up and he speaks truth. Simon Peter couldn't even speak truth to the woman that saw him when he was running, when they were persecuting Jesus. He was avoiding one person, but God turns around and gives him a platform in front of many to do amazing things. Can I help you understand something? So what you messed up one time? So what you did not do? I thought this was not going to be inspiring, but it has a, a hint of inspiring in it. So what your life has been broken and destroyed? So what your first marriage didn't work? So what? Can I help you understand something? That God you ready, ain't you, God? That God will give you a platform to do some amazing things, but you have to answer the call when he calls. Oh, y'all trying to get it today. Simon Peter stands up, and Simon Peter tells the people, y'all are wrong. Had y'all not forgot, remembered what the prophet Joel had said, that this day would come where the Holy Spirit would come, and this is the evidence that Jesus Christ is the Messiah? Have you forgotten all the things that David has taught us? Simon Peter brings these things back. He preaches the first sermon to the people in the building. He puts it all on the line. He lays it out for them right there that you guys don't understand. Y'all been claiming to be people of God. Y'all been claiming to live for God. But the reality is that y'all have been so far away from God that y'all don't even know it yourself. What you have just missed is a move of God. 
you just missed the blessing that God has. And I love what happens in the text because the Bible tells us this unique thing. When we look at the scripture, it tells us that in, in Acts chapter 2, I believe it's verse is it 32? What I got? I got it in my notes. It told, he says this thing. I don't know where it's at, but I can tell you what it says. Verse 27, 27 through 38, it leads us to believe in that text that they say these exact words. They say to Jesus, they say this to Simon, that what should we do to be saved? The Bible tells us that they were pierced at the heart. Yeah. That's the part that, that just blessed my world. Yeah. The Bible says that they were pierced at the heart, and as a result of them being pierced at the heart, that they wanted to be saved. Verse 37 and 38 tells us that they were pierced at the heart, and as a result of it, it led them to ask Simon, what do we do next? I want to lift up that, that opportunity to bring that to, to, to highlight, to make sure that you understand the importance of verse 37 and 38, because they received the word, takes us back to what we, we went through last week, and now they're asking, how do I do the word? That's the next question. What do I do? And, and, and Simon Make something happen because Simon takes this opportunity to educate them. But the reason why this is so important to me, because I need everybody in this building to understand, I personally believe before you can be an active member of a body of believers, a church, you should be an active member of the kingdom of God. Yeah. Yeah. I want to make sure that you understand what I'm saying, and, and, I, and most preachers probably would argue with me, Pastor, you crazy. You should be trying to fill your seats. I don't care if these seats stay empty. It doesn't make me any difference if I'm not doing you any good. I have preached to a room of one before. I can do it again. I want to make sure that you understand my job as well as your responsibility is to be a kingdom member before I'm a church member. Far too long, churches have just tried to count the numbers. And they just want the bodies. They, they, but they, they missed the point that these people were part of the kingdom before they were a part of the church. Everybody wants the mega. We want the 2,000 members. We want to do, what, but are you building kingdom people? Because if you build a church with a bunch of broken people, I'm not saying that, that, that we don't have problems when we become believers, but there are people who are broken, and the reason why you're broken is because you hadn't let the potter put you back together. You have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior to lead you. I'm not saying that you got everything right. Nope, that's discipleship. Those things happen later on. But you have to say yes to Jesus before you can say yes to a church. That is just my personal belief. Because if you join a church and you have not said yes to Christ, you are a counselor waiting to happen. You have now infected the body. The worst thing that I can do as a pastor, and people are going to hate me for this, but people come up to me like, I want to be a worship leader. And I know that your life is not lined up in the way that it's supposed to be. I'm sorry, baby. I love you. But before I can put you on the stage, I got to put you on pause because I need you to get in line with the scripture. I'm not asking you to be perfect. I'm not asking you to be perfect. There are areas in our lives that we have to understand when we put you in positions, you got to accept the level of responsibility. And I can't hold you accountable if I can't call your sister a brother. If I can't call your sister a brother, I can't hold you accountable because you're a stranger. And that's okay because you're a stranger, you're a guest. That's totally fine. Do your thing. I understand. But once you say you're part of the family, I, as a level of responsibility, I ought to be able to hold you accountable. I'm not judging you. We, we just represent the same family. Let's make daddy look good. 
And so they have to join the kingdom before there ever forms a church. And so the reason why I bring this up, because a lot of people are leaving churches because their feelings are hurt, but oftentimes your feelings are hurt because you hadn't joined the kingdom. Yeah, pastor preached. The message was good. They laid hands on you. You cried because you were sad and everything. I got it. But when you said yes, did you say yes for man or did you say yes for God? That you really declare that, you know what, I'm tired of living a life that I don't know what's going on around me. I'm tired of thinking that I'm doing the right thing, but I'm steady doing the wrong thing. I'm tired of feeling broken, disgusted. I'm tired of being the joke of life. I, I want better. And so I say yes to the kingdom. So this is what happened in this particular text. The Bible says that they ask and he tells them, if you want to be, if you want to be a part of this, if you want to experience this, you must repent for your sins. And as a result of repenting for your sins, then you have to move forward and understand that you have to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's what happens. And the Bible says thousands of people said yes. Thousands of people joined the ministry. And I wish that was where it was ending because I would believe that tomorrow we're going to have a thousand people here. But it didn't. When they said yes to the kingdom, then it drove them to create a church. It drove them to create a church because the reality is light and darkness has no, no fellowship. And so there has to be a place, an assembly, a gathering for believers to be amongst believers. Do you know that the average member's attendance that is acceptable now, according to society, is one Sunday a month in America? One Sunday a month, you consider a member. With, this is in all over America. They say if they come one Sunday a month, they're a member. Did you know that the Sunday that is the least attended all across America is the Sunday after Easter? So I am amazed at seeing these many faces in the building on today. The Sunday after Easter is the one Sunday that, that most people do not return back to church. And so today I want to make sure that you understand because some of you call yourselves members of Believer City. Some of you are members of other places. And I want to make sure that you understand what does it take to be a member. A member means I belong to someone. Some of you are members like I used to be a member of Bally's Total Fitness back in the day. And, and Bally Total Fitness membership, y'all already know where this is going. Every year. My New Year's resolution, I'm about to bring that summer body back. It's going to be fine. It's about to go down. And I would go and I would sign up to that year-long membership with these people. And I would go in there and I'm ready. I done bought my little tight shirts to show my arm. Got my shorts, put lotion on my leg, and I'm ready. And I'm going in there and I get ready and I go. They got mirrors everywhere. And I don't know why they do that. Because you go to looking at yourself and you instantly say, this is not working. It's not turning out the way that I want it to be. And you get discouraged sometimes and so you you leave you walk away and I would end up paying for months for something I didn't even use for days but I was a member somebody asked me yeah I got a membership there yeah yeah I go every once in a while they got basketball court all those type of things I have a membership to a place that I don't even use to to experience the benefits because of the fact it didn't really fit me it didn't make me feel good some of y'all got some valley fitness memberships to believe a city yeah, I belong there. I, I know this. Yeah, that's my pastor. Y'all know them people. Y'all went to the grocery store. Yeah, I got to believe a city. Uh, no, let me, let me be real. We ain't that big yet. Y'all know y'all going. Y'all see the people. Oh, you go to Concord? Yeah, I go to Concord. Ain't bit more been to Concord in 10 years. You didn't even know that the pastor had changed five years ago or 10 years ago, whatever it was. I'm 
just simply saying that many of us struggle with understanding what it means to belong, to really be a part of something. So today, I'm going to give it to you real quick and real smooth because I don't want anybody to be sad or mad at me about it. But this is what it takes to be a member. This is what it takes to be a member, not just a believer city, but when you leave here and go to any other church, this is what you need to understand. When you say that I belong to this church, this is what you need to be doing as believers because there is a responsibility when you take ownership of being a part of the church. You are involved, you are invested, and you should understand how and why that functions. This one scripture that we've already read, Acts chapter 2, verse 42, says it like this. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking bread and prayer. Those are the four things that after they said yes to God, they didn't come and say, I'm just going to sit here and experience everything that everybody else is doing. They said, I'm going to continually devote myself to the teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And so I want to challenge you to understand that if you consider yourself to be a member of any uh, religious organization as far as it considers the church, that is your job. Now, somebody should be saying, well, what does that mean? How do I carry out those actions? I'm glad you asked. These are those simple things. Let me share them with you. The first thing that the Bible tells us that they were continually devoting themselves, continually devoting themselves. I need you to understand that your devotion to the church can't just be no every one Sunday out of a month type of thing. It's not going to work. It's a continual devotion. You don't just pay your bills once a year because if you do, you're going to be homeless. You got to continually pay them. As much as you don't like paying them, you still pay them, do you not? So as much as you don't like getting up and going to church, why don't you come? It doesn't make any sense. There are a lot of things that we, we don't like to do, but we continually do them. Why can't we be continually devoted to the house of God? Oh, well, you know, it's COVID. You wasn't coming before COVID. Oh, well, I don't have to be in the building to be a part of the fellowship. You're right. But if you're in the city where the building is, you may want to be in the building. I can understand you living in a whole other place. They continually devoted themselves. The first thing that the Bible says is they continually devoted themselves to the teaching. They continually devoted themselves to the teaching. And what I want to make sure that you understand, when I read the text and I look at the fact that they continue to devote themselves to the teaching, I understand that a member belongs inspired. That's my first point for the day. If you call yourself a member, then what I need you to understand is that as a member, you should be inspired. What should inspire you? The Word of God. Many of us join churches for all the wrong reasons. Oh, they got an amazing praise team. Oh, they have amazing children's ministry. Oh, look at this beautiful building that they have. I can see the vision of everything they're going. And all of those are great, but those things are to make you comfortable. The only thing that offers you conviction and correction is the Word of God. And the first thing that you should evaluate with any church that you say that you're going to be a part of is the Word of God. Is the Word of God true? Is it relatable? Am I able to be impacted? Am I able to be inspired? Is it really moving me? And this is the first thing that I see in there is because the number one reason why people stay outside of the church is because they aren't inside the Word. That's the number one reason that people will not come in the church is because they're not in the Word. When I sit back and I look at it, and, and, I, and, I, and if we could just be real, many of us have those, uh, those tendencies from the hood back in the day that you put your Bible in your dashboard just so the police don't stop you. 
Or when they do stop you, they give you a little grace and don't give you the ticket. Oh, see, y'all didn't grow up in the hood. Yeah, everybody in the hood back in the day had a Bible on the dashboard. Many of us have a Bible in our house, but it's only open up to the one scripture, and we don't even know what the scripture is. It just happened to look like it balanced even when we opened it there. And sadly, all of us pretty much are walking around with the Bible app on our phone, and we barely ever open it. Can I suggest that the reason why our lives are so problematic Monday through Saturday is because we lack the word? There's not enough word in us to keep us inspired to continue to push forward and move on. And so because we're not in the word, we're not in the church. We make excuses for everything else. We don't make the church on a priority. We don't make the word of God a priority for our lives. And so therefore, because the word is not inside of us, we're not inside the church. Because the reality is if you knew, if the word was really inside of you, whoever you are, wherever you are, you would want to be in part of the church. Because you would see how many amazing things happen when people grow together and gather together. You would be like, I want to be a part of that. I don't want to miss out on the opportunity to have this happen. I want to invite somebody to experience what I get to experience when I'm a part and I'm around other believers. That, that, where they don't call me crazy for having faith. Where they don't talk about me for speaking in tongues. Where I can dance in my seat if I want to dance in my seat. You should want to be in that environment where you are around people that say, it's okay to be saved. But the reason why many of us are not active, real members is because we're not members of the Word. We are not inspired by the Word of God. It's not enough. And this is why you come on Sunday and it feels so good. And you're like, Cam, it's like, oh, this is real good. You preach it to me, but I'm just saying to Cam today. But when you go home, you don't have it because you're not taking the Word with you. You have to be willing to take the word of God with you to inspire you, to encourage you, to push you further than you've ever been pushed before. But that will never happen if you cannot continually devote yourself to the word of God. It will never happen. We've, we, we are a smaller church, a growing church, and we still try to find ways to disciple people. Not just Sunday morning. I'm going to make sure that you understand. Sunday morning, although I love Sundays the most, is one of the days that I hate the most as it relates to church because people just show up out of habit. I love midweek Bible study because people, they made, a, they made a desire. They pushed to come. I love when men's fellowship, women's fellowship. I love Marriage Matters, which we just had this previous Friday. And I know some people couldn't make it, but yet and still, I love Marriage Matters because of the simple fact that it gives a time for married people to come together. And ain't nobody trying to get all in your business. All we're trying to do is have a good time and tell you that your husband ain't the only husband that don't pick up his clothes off the floor. <laughs> so don't kill him and don't leave him. We can work through these things. I love discipleship moments. I love the fact that we're getting ready to do our first, uh, we call it the struggle, where everybody can come and we can just really talk about whether you're single or not, and we can talk about the struggles of what it is to be a believer, what it is to make it through life. I love those moments that we can have those real opportunities. We can ask questions. I, I love those. And the reality is that if many of us had more time in those moments, then we can be better believers throughout our lives. But because of the fact that some of us come here and we feel good and we know that word is good, but we don't always understand it when we leave, we struggle. We struggle. And that's why we can't apply, because you can't apply what you do not know. The first thing that I need you to understand, if you're going to call yourself a member, you need to put yourself in a position where you are inspired 
by the word of God. They devoted themselves continually to the teaching. Why this is important to understand that we have to devote ourselves continually? Because you're not going to get the response and the results that you want instantly. It takes time. I made a deal with Brother Sean that's in the building on today. Made a deal if he came to church today, I was going to walk two miles with him. I hate I made that deal because he came. So now I got to go walk two miles with him. I don't know how long it's going to take, but we're going to make it work. We have to make a decision that we want to see better. Now, I can go walk these two miles with Sean one time and say, well, hey, I gave you two. That's it. You ain't got to come back no more, homeboy. I'm good. But the reality is if I want to see real transformation in my life, if I want to see myself be a little bit more healthy, I have to continually devote myself. I can't go to Bally's or wherever they got Planet Fitness or whatever, look in the mirror one time and get discouraged. This is going to be something that's going to take time. I have to continually devote myself to it. Second thing that it tells us is not only is a member, does a member belong inspired and we get inspired through the word of God. The second thing that the Bible teaches us is that a member belongs interactive. A member belongs interactive. And when I say that, it speaks to the fact that they were devoted to the fellowship. There are far too many people that have been a part of our church for far too long that don't know each other. Yeah. That's sad. We have to be Interactive. The Bible teaches us that they were devoted to the fellowship. And what we have to understand is that there will be no impact or influence where there is no involvement. You claim the church is not moving me. It does not have anything that fits me. I don't know. I don't need to be here. Well, how, how, how often have you been involved? What was the last women's fellowship you was at? What was the last Bible study? Where did you experience this? Where did you experience that? And oftentimes the reason why many of us are not being Involved, I mean, that are not being influenced and impacted is because we're not being involved. And so I want to suggest that we have to understand if we're going to claim to be a member, we have to be interactive. You have to make a decision and say, you know what, I'm going to continually devote myself to the fellowship. I'm going to continually devote myself to being a part. I'm going to bring my children and have them be a part of children activity. I'm going to make sure that I go out of my way and I'm not going to make the excuse just because I was tired because I'm, act, I'm not going to act like my pastor and his wife don't have a job and they ain't tired too. They took the time to come up and they ready and they studied and they prepared. I'm going to do my best to be a part because that's where I see the change. I had a, a member reach out to me. Uh, this week, and I, I love this brother, and Dondi, if you're watching, you know I love you. Um, he reached out to me this week, and he was like, man, I want to make sure we're okay. I'm like, Dondi, what do you mean if we're okay? Yeah, we're we fine. He's like, yeah, but you hadn't called me or you hadn't talked to me in a while, and, and I just let him talk, and, I, and it, it really touched me. It really resonated with me, but my response to Dondi is, listen, I can only touch people that are in my proximity. I was like, man, I can only reach out so many times. I can only text you and ask you to come and be involved. And the reality is with everything that's going in, I have to make sure that I'm spending my time where it's most valuable. It's not saying that you're not valuable, but if I, if I see what I'm trying to do is not making a difference in your life, why keep doing it? And he was like, man, you know what? That makes all the sense in the world. 
I say, because there are people who are involved with me, who are involved in the church, who come to Bible study, who says it, and they don't talk to me every day, but they get calls from me. They get, they, they get Facebook likes from me or whatever it is. I make sure to go out of my way to reach them. There's a young man. He ain't even here today. I was hoping he came today named Simon. I, I like intentionally all week long, I practice his name, Simon. Every day I woke up, Simon. You make sure to tell him that when you talk to him. Every day, Simon. Simon, Simon, Simon looked me in my face and told me he was going to come to Sunday. And the reason why Simon's so important to me, I always tell y'all, he's online. Hey, Simon. And so, uh, and so um, it's like, seriously, it was like every time I was preaching, y'all know I tell my story about how I was always in church phone to my own. Simon was sitting over there looking just like me. I was like, that's me. He was, had the same, like my girlfriend drugged me here and I'm here with her. I'm like, I don't even want to be, that was, that was the same thing. I was like, I'm looking at myself, and I, all I could think was, boy, you're going to be a pastor. You need to come on up here so I can start working with you. And the reason I practiced all week long his name, I said all week long Simon, because when he walked through this door this week, I wanted to look him in the face and say, hey, Simon, how you doing? I wanted to make sure that he knew that I appreciate him being a part of what we are doing. That's what involvement causes. That's what fellowship causes. It leads us to care about one another. Even when he didn't even think somebody was thinking about him this week, I was thinking about him. It took me seven days to get to this moment, and he ain't even here, but he's online. God bless him. Simon, we all as believers, you can only have friendship through fellowship. That's just real talk. You can't expect nobody to be your friend if you're not willing to fellowship with them, if you're not willing to talk to them. So we have to get to the point that if we want more believers in our circle, in our lives, then we have to start fellowshipping with more believers. The reason why you got so, I'm not going to even get in your personal business today. The reason why your homegirls and you got so much drama is because y'all keep yourself in that circle. Most of you are the safest people in your circle. Have you forgot that the Bible tells you iron sharpens iron? Y'all a bunch of, around a bunch of dull blades, and you wonder why they always got to borrow money from you. Why they always calling you for information? When's somebody going to be there for you? You around the wrong people. How darkness going to help you? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I told y'all, some of y'all ain't going to like me. Point one, a member belongs inspired. The only way you get inspired is through the word of God. A member belongs interactive. The only way you're interactive is through fellowship. Fellowship leads to friendship. Point number three, because the Bible tells us that they continue to devote themselves to the breaking of bread. And this is where half of y'all going to leave. Maybe not physically, but mentally. A member belongs invested. I, I don't know what other way to tell y'all. I don't know why it is that the church is the one place that people can't ask you to be invested. Why people can't ask you to be invested financially to help the church grow. Why people can't ask you to be invested physically so that we can be, have more people acting and serving in different areas and capacities so the same people are not getting burnt out. The church is the one place that everybody want to come and be lazy. Everywhere else. Y'all have a potluck at work? Y'all ready? Y'all already at the potluck. What I need to bring? Can't even make macaroni and cheese, but you're trying to bring it anyway. See, I told first service about this, and maybe y'all, maybe y'all might know a little bit more about it than I do. Have y'all been a part of them cookouts where y'all had everybody come to the cookout, 
but that one cousin that always bring her, his girlfriend and the three kids that she got, don't never bring no food, don't never bring no paper plates, don't never bring no forks, but somehow they not eat up, just not eat up everything, but they find a way to leave with six or seven plates and sodas that you don't even know where they got it from. They are the people that come and they always in the building they always want to take, but they ain't bringing nothing. And you got that one cousin, like, if he touched one more turkey leg, I swear he going to get it today. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Can I suggest that there are people in the church that same way? There are people that come and they sit here and they just suck up all the energy, experience all the air, love all the lights, amazing worship, amazing musicians, love it all, but never so into it whatsoever. And I'm not just talking about financially. I'm just talking about even physically. You won't even like and share a post on Facebook. But you claim you're involved. You're involved. The Bible says that they, they continually devoted themselves to breaking bread. That means that somebody had it and somebody didn't. And they sat together and they didn't talk about each other. They just broke bread and share. They had a conversation. They said, mi casa, su casa. We in this together. We are friends. We are family. We're going to make this happen. And they continually devoted. In essence, they didn't just do it one time just to feel good. Because somebody today, God bless you, and I appreciate the honor, you will tie today just because I said that. But the minute you don't get the return that you expect to get tomorrow, you ain't going to do it again continually devoting themselves. Continually devoting themselves is what brings about transformation in your life. So they devoted themselves to being inspired. Inspired leads to being inspired by the word. We devoted ourselves to being uh, interactive. The interactive deals with us in a fellowship. A real member devotes themselves uh, to being invested. Invested is all about the being willing to break bread. If I got it, you got it. Whatever I got to do, I'm going to be able to, I'm going to do my part. I love the fact that I can text my men and those who are available, they will come. Brother Larry, we've collected $5,000 worth of cleaning supplies in, in my truck and we uh, brought that trailer over here and made it happen. I had a church, Arden Church came over and brought their kids. They seen it on Facebook. Hey, we're unload the truck for you guys and made it happen. They did what they could do when they can do it. And you know, the thing that gets me at some of the brothers that couldn't do it and they felt bad that they couldn't do it. I understand y'all had a responsibility, but at least you wanted to do it. You're not going to be able to do everything. Sometimes information is going to come to you late, but the question is, do you want to do anything? Are you willing to break bread? When you can. The last and final thing that I see happen in the text is not only are they inspired, not only are they interactive, not only are they invested, but the Bible teaches us that a member belongs informed. And the reason why we can say that a member belongs informed and the only way that you can be informed is through prayer. That is the only way that you can be informed through prayer. And that's why I love in the text because the Bible says they continually devoted themselves to prayer. You know, the biggest problem with being a pastor is everybody think you got the answers. Can I tell you, sometimes you can be so busy just trying to figure out your life that you don't have time to help other people with their life. And so are you asking me to pray for you? Why can't I just pray with you? Can you help me know that you too know how to pray? Do you know how amazing it would be for a church of believers not to just have one person that talks to God, but everybody talks to God? Can, can you imagine what that life would look like? We need people to be 
informed. We need people to be informed. And I don't mean being informed by me. I mean in being informed by God because there can be something that I'm dealing with and focused on as, as a church that I need other people to be around me to be hearing from God and say, you know what, Pastor, in this season, I want to be able to help with this. There are many people that walk in and out of our church that leave because we don't have a praise ministry, praise dance ministry. Can I help and make sure you understand that if you are gifted with the ability to praise dance and you come into this church and you leave this church because it didn't have a praise dance ministry, you are the problem, not the church. Can you accept the fact that God sees something in you and maybe the fact that he sent you here is to bring the one thing that you have to offer? Do you not think I want to see people do spoken word? I would love to see people up here doing spoken word. Do you know, I want to see people up here praise dancing and greeting and waving at people. I'm looking for people who want to be worship hosts to just get up here and do what I do every Sunday morning. Good morning. It's good to see you. Hey, these are some of the things that happen. It makes me cringe that everything I see on Facebook oftentimes is either posted by me or I'm in it. That is the, one of the most irritating things for me because I feel like the world only thinks that, oh, he's promoting and he's in it because it's his. It's not mine. Yeah. It's y'all's. It's ours. This is what God has given us. But the question is, has you been, have you been informed on what God has for your role? Have you sought God and said, God, what is it that I'm supposed to be doing in this season? Why am I supposed to be here? Why do you have me here? And many times the reason why we can't get peace about being in certain places and with certain people in our lives, because we're not praying. They took time, according to the Bible, they continually devoted themselves to the teaching, to the preaching, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Saints used to say, little prayer, little power. No prayer, no power. Much prayer, much power. I practice every day praying. My, crack, my, my question for you today is when the last time you prayed for your church? When was the last time? I pray for y'all every day. It's my, one of my first prayers. You know what I did this morning? I left here, and I know we we're waiting on all the financing to come through so we can buy that property and build that building. I posted on Facebook. I went over there, stood on the property. And I told God, I said, God, you know, I'm not the most patient person in the world. I don't like promises that are not going to be kept. And I said, I need you to make this move a little bit faster. I said, I'm not going to tell you how fast, but I need to know that me and my people, we finna move. We finna make things happen. And I said, so I'm praying for the realtor. I'm praying for the donor. I'm praying for the banks. I'm praying for everybody, right? I stood on the ground. I went to the church before I came to the church. And I prayed. And I prayed and I said, God, have your way. Do what you have to do so that we can begin to move forward. So we can go ahead and put our sign on there that's saying Believer City. Y'all remember those churches always put their sign up? The new home of Believer City. I can't wait to put that sign on that property. I'm just super excited. And so all of these things, I took time to pray. How many times have you taken time to pray? To pray. How many times you pray for your pastor? Because you believe it or not, I know I look like a superhero and everything, but I'm a person too. I'm a person, and as people, we have problems. This message today is about membership. And the reason why it's so important, because as we move forward and we continue to grow, and hundreds and thousands of people come and be a part of our church, people need to know that when you join Believer City, what is expected? It's not saying that you can't be a part of us if you don't do these things, but everything we do is built on the Bible. It's not about how much money you give our church that makes you a member. It's not about how many people you come. My question are, are you devoted to God's word? Are you devoted to being a part of a fellowship? 
Are you devoted to spending time with God through prayer? Are you willing to devote yourself to breaking bread? These are things that we all as guys have been coming and visiting because my normal rule is if you visit three times back to back, you a member. You, you already know it. It's done. I ain't going to ask you to stand and give honor to God who is ahead of my life, and I'm not going to ask that. If I see your face three weeks in a row, you done. And I am nice enough to tell you. I told Brother Darren, Darren, you on two, week two. Come back one more week in a row. You mind. He skipped that week. I said, all right. All right. I just, I, I just, but that's how I am. But this put a different perspective on me for ministry and membership. Because I believe if we all continually devote ourselves, I believe if we all continually to be involved, be invested, to be inspired, to be encouraged, if we have all of these attributes working in our lives, then I believe we can go to the next level. I believe that God has a next level experience. And this is why I love the text. And I'll read the last verse in verse 47 and verse 46 and verse 47. After all this has taken place, this is what the Bible says. Day by day, continually with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together in gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. Catch this. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. They were saved and then they were added to the number. The only way people get saved is it has to go back to somebody that knows Jesus tells them about Jesus. This church in the biblical text would have never been formed had Simon Peter not done what he's supposed to do. The reason why I stress this to you because the journey to belong begins with the journey to believe. And I need you to believe because I need you to receive a word from God. I need you to do his word. I need you to encounter his word so that you can share his word. And once you share, not only you will belong, but you will share it with others that they will belong. I was so amazed. I asked my wife about a family that's been coming to Wednesday night Bible study. And I'm, I pretty much know everybody in our church. And I was like, they ain't come because of me. Because I try to invite most of the people. I'm like, you ain't going to beat me inviting people to church. And I was like, baby, who is this family? I don't know them. And they was, she said, that's one of Cam's friends. She met them on an app, and they've been talking. I'm like, you telling me Cam discipling, bringing people into church? And I was like super excited about it. I was super excited. I'm like, all right, Cam, keep it up. I can't wait till our church grows beyond me being able to know everybody that walks through the door. I want to be, I want to, man, where did you come from? Who did you know? And I know that, the, that, that we're, I know that we're growing because the Bible tells us that we will know them by the fruit that they bear. All of us as believers have the ability to bear fruit. The question is, will you? That's the question, will you? If I knew, I told you today was not going to be an amazing anointing but it's a real word. And I pray that whether you join our church or you'll be a member of another church, that you understand your membership comes with responsibilities. Don't treat us like Valley Fitness. Do better. I'm going to do better. You do better. And if we do better because we know better, I promise you God will give us better. Let us stand.